Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, The Mythos Mysteries, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please... Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers. Laura Elizabeth as the Orc Countant Eta and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee, so get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! So you're venturing forth into uh, a massive uh, storm, different in nature from uh, the storms you've encountered so far. Um, Tyler, you commented off-air when we were just doing a quick catch-up uh, before these that uh, the, it was like that uh, Sylvia's tent and everything else. There was a lot of wind, and that was something Maka had clocked. Um, that is, uh, that was very prescient because uh, the further you get um, towards uh, the east, um, the harder the winds blow. Um, and at this point, uh, they are more a problem for you than the water. Uh, though it does continue to rain, um, you can tell that uh, these massive winds blowing in various directions, whipping around you, um, it are complete chaos. Um, and of course, you can see funnel clouds in the distance, uh, touching down, becoming uh, full twisters, um, kind of tearing up uh, things here and there. Um, you get the sense uh, as you you move further in that the the terrain is starting to shift um, with the, the amount of wind blasting this area has. Um, I think more almost uh, sort of like desert scrub rather than sort of the, the the richer foliage you've seen. Trees are still around; they're holding on, but a lot of them are blasted in weird directions. There's a lot of the exposed roots, that sort of thing. Um, because this entire climate is such a weird, like super greenhouse, a lot of stuff continues to grow despite the adverse conditions, but it's not in great shape. Um, more importantly, it's getting harder and harder to see and to move. Um, you're now full on having to do the like 
comedy guy against the wind and rain right. bit. Um, so I'm going to need uh, survival uh, checks from all three of you, please. Ooh. Do we have advantage for our special gear or no, Tom? Um, in this case, uh, yes, I'll say you do. Um, technically, it's more for rainproofing than anything else, but it's mm-hmm. a, the fact that you're you're kind of somewhat equipped against it means that you're you've got a bit of an advantage. How are we traveling, Tom? Uh, uh, by foot. By foot, us and all the gnomes and goblins, did they kind of like, i just curious, did they like dress down the camp and it's all kind of being brought with them through like packs I and stuff it, like that? It was or? carrying gear but left the tent, right, Tom? Uh, that they're, yeah, so they're, they're bringing part of the gear with you. Um, you can okay. think about it, like I've been thinking about this a bit like uh, an Arctic expedition where it's like you set mm. up a base camp um, and then kind of the further you get from the base camp, still need to bring as many supplies as you're going to need. Right. But uh, in their case... Um, riding a horse up the mountain, you're you're... You're climbing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're dragging. Okay. Um, I think it would be safe to say they have like um, it's mostly backpacks. Um, okay. There's probably a couple of sledges being dragged um, that have uh, both kind of like a series of small wheels as well as um, uh, sled runners. So it could easily can like, and they're, they're not super technologically advanced, technologically advanced, but really like a pop up, pop down kind of situation. Um, but there's only a couple of them. They've left the majority of the heavy, heavy stuff back there. You get the sense that um, the stuff that has um, kind of created the anti-electric field has done its work and realistically would not likely be any help against the the winds. So they're still bringing a lot of stuff with them just in case. But um, yeah, you can imagine about half of the gear that was there is, is um, pulled down under the tent that they folded down to to kind of like seal it against the ground as a tarp. Um, but, uh, no, 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 not at all. This is, this is worth knowing. Also like the gnomes and goblins are having a hell of a time with this. Like Sylvia is very much doing the like manic explorer thing where like, you know, the cape is flapping out behind her. Um, her hair is like slicked back. Um, she's wearing the goggles. There's a lot of like that mad grinning into the, uh, into the the sky, but like, Hmm. um, she's having a fun time. No one else is. Um, they're all still very, uh, workmanlike about it. There's no complaining, but they're they're very small people carrying very heavy stuff in massive yeah. rooms, so they're not having the best of times. Uh, and neither are you? Question mark. Uh, what were those rolls? Nineteen for Maka. Great. A Twenty-one for Duncan. Nat twenty for Ida. Oh, amazing! Um, so Ida, not wanting to look bad in front of your idol, you are you are making a good show of this. Um, but no, I'm like uh, offering to carry other people carry other people's stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> right. I, was gonna say, I feel like Duncan would be shadowing Sylvia because if she's leading the group in that crazy adventuring way, and we know she's the technological key to getting into the observatory, she needs to be essentially bodyguarded as a bit of a crazy person. So that's where I think he'd be in this convoy. Sure. I like that. Yeah. And she'll, she has the, um, the acro pick, um, like clipped on a carabiner to, to her belt. So like, you can see the, the case kind of bouncing against her. The case is small. It's probably, you know, the size of a, like a mic case, mm-hmm. um, or like a drill. If you've got like a drill, uh, case. So like small hardy, but, um, Bounce around. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly that size that Ryan is holding up, which for those of you listening is probably about a foot wide, maybe yeah. a little less. Um, yeah, it's like, like a three. case of poker chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an well, object uh, that can fit in a bread box. Wait, where, are you, where are you guys convoy-wise? Ida, were you helping people? Um, Sorry, I'm just trying to picture this for my, like, Duncan brain. Yeah, I think, I think um, because Ida's, like, weathering this like so well i think she's probably um i think she she would just be helping to like these like the scientists so it's like helping to so wherever she sees that there can be help i would imagine like because because she counts as a large uh uh basically a large creature when like dragging stuff Mm -hmm. i think she would probably offer to drag uh the sledges okay i like that that makes sense to me um, Maka, would you do the same? Um, no, not unless kind of, I think, asked in this scenario. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I think he's just, he's walking just with the group. He's probably just in the middle. Cool. Managing, in, managing it in his own way. Okay, cool. <clears throat> um, all right, so having passed your survival checks, you won't uh, take any exhaustion from the, uh, nice. the, the storm. 
And um, Ida, you're you're greeted with some like very thankful looks um, when you uh, take over uh, the sledges. Um, no one was going to ask, but they are they are grateful that, uh, that you're pulling it. Um, eventually, um, uh, Sylvia kind of like holds up a hand uh, to stop because uh, you've, you've reached uh, the top of a ridge. Um, and uh, before you um, kind of stretching out uh, through through the rain, you can make out um, uh, uh, certainly like twisters touching down um, and and kind of uh, ripping across. Seems to be a lot of um, sort of funnel clouds touching down and then lifting back off. There's not a lot of sustained on the ground um, action, which is good uh, for all of you. Um, it's hard to see. It's it's the, the the sky has darkened the closer you've gotten uh, to this, um, but um, you can make out um, uh, blinking um, green lights, um, sort of in in this uh, what seems to be almost like a like a small. You feel like you're kind of on a plateau um, and uh, kind of moves into a almost a bit of a natural canyon um, beneath where uh, where you can see these blinking lights. Otherwise, it's too dark uh, to make out much. Um, dark both in terms of the lack of light and just the amount of storm interference of the, mm, the rain okay. whipping past your eyes. Um, so um, Sylvia turns and um, kind of yells uh, over the storm. Um, well, it looks like those are the lights for whatever the fuck our gear picked up. Um, we have no reports of anyone operating down there, so I don't know if they're friend or foe or just indifferent, but uh, that's where I'm going. Y'all coming with? Uh, Edith uh, just says, obviously, yes. I am with you. Mark Duncan will. is standing over her shoulder, but like also facing the group, so he doesn't need to respond. He's clearly <laughs> positioned for travel. Um, so she's like, "All right, great." Um, and basically, she breaks up uh, the stars team into like a couple smaller groups. Um, she's essentially creating like a pincer. Um, mm. Again, not really being sure whether these are a friend or foe. So she sends two small groups uh, to kind of set up an Overwatch post. Um, kind of off uh, to your left and to your right um, as far as they can on the ridge. Unfortunately, the ridge does end and kind of descends into the canyon at one point, so they can't fully, you know, flank, um, but they can at least get get a bit of distance. Um, she nods to a couple um, who start setting up some gear here, um, you know, communications equipment, that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, Stabo kind of comes up and, and nods to you. Um, there's a couple other gnomes. Uh, a lot of them uh, would be the ones you'd recommend you'd recognize from the the fence um who mm-hmm. kind of helped in the defense of uh of the the one that went down um so clearly like the the fightier science gnomes um and um uh, Sylvia just kind of nods uh, nods to the three and she says listen I don't know how you guys like to do things uh it was real nice when you kind of kicked in the door to my tent and helped us and all but uh, how do you normally approach these sorts of things I mean I got my way but I don't want to screw things up for you. So what, what do you guys do? What, how do you want to approach this? Ida will look to Duncan as like the battle guy. Generally speaking, we just approach, see if they look hostile or not, and then begin either conversations or combat. <laughs> and Ida just thinks to herself like, oh yeah, of course that is what we do. Like, <laughs> um, And she just uh, kind of like, um, fully throws out her arms in like a, a knit cage um, hanging off the, the jet at the beginning of face off. Uh, just kind of like, sounds great to me. Let's go kick some doors. Um, and then she just turns and jumps um, and kind of like pulling her, her jacket in around her just like slides down the slope um, down towards the, uh, the thing. And uh, you hear the, the, the gnomes and Stabo just yell for science. Um, and they all go and, and kind of leap. Um, a couple of them are, are repelling. Um, Stabo is just like roll falling while kind of laughing to himself. Um, and, uh, others are, are making their way down. Um, how would you like to descend? Maka will, uh, follow suit. Um, he'll just, uh, retreat into his shell and then teeter off the edge. <laughs> 
Hey friends, it's Ryan. That's right, real Ryan, not just the character I play in this show. And I'm here to invite you to help us make even more shows. Currently, we make more shows than I want to talk about. There are actually eight different series that we have on an ongoing basis. Soon it's going to be nine, spoiler alert, but we need your assistance to be able to make that happen. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash dice. You can get behind the scenes info. You can be a part of our Discord. You can add your own NPC. You can even produce a show if you want to dive all the way in there. So whatever you want to have happen, we can make happen at patreon.com com slash dum dum dice please come join your fellow snarfs it's a snarf illusion Uh, as he retreats into his shell, I think Duncan will jump forwards and grab onto it and he would like to ride Maka's shell down like a sled all right roll me an acrobatics please sir while they're doing this, Ida's just kind of like trudging, like stomping in her feet, like down the sure, slope. Sure, yeah. So, so I'm imagining it's a bit of that awkward, like person who doesn't want to run down a hill. Yeah. So, like you do the awkward, like stutter step, where it's you're kind of slide falling. Everyone else is kind of because it's also like wet and gross. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. She's gonna is try there... to plant her feet in firmly where she can. That's you know. Yeah, I like it. Acrobatics is a twelve. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, can you roll me a dex save, please? Nat 20. Okay. Um, so uh, he starts to slide down. You're sliding down on his back. Uh, and then at one point, um, Maka hits a rock, which flips him. Uh, and you literally have to just spring up in the air, just like not you know hugely, but just enough to land back on him. Um, and it looks fantastic. Uh, like you've, you've got like, uh, I'm imagining the... Um, Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns, silhouette of Batman against a lightning sky, but it's just like you're riding a turtle shell. So, are you, Maka, are you going like belly down or belly up? He was belly down. Or no, you'd mm. been shell down, right? Shell down's probably the most comfortable way to slide down a hill. Uh, just to ensure that he fell in the right direction, though, he would have been facing the chasm, turned into his shell, oh. and just fell forward. Okay, so now you're shell down, tummy okay. up, uh, yeah. and uh, you're But don't you're worry, I, I'm, I, don't worry, Maka, I'm steering no. <laughs> Right. You just hear um, you just hear uh, Sylvia yell note to self gotta get a turtle to ride in these situations Um, as like you can see her like bouncing and scraping off of things like it's not a it's not a smooth ride down This Um, is not the logical way to go down in Ida's mind I mean it may not be but they all get down there a lot earlier than you do Um, so see you in a couple rounds um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so uh, you hit the ground, um, you come up, and um, you can see, um, again, just like storm uh, sort of whipping around you. Um, what are, what would, Duncan, what would you be looking for, do you think? What's the first thing, because you're you're probably the most vigilant person in the group. Yeah, Duncan probably, you know, going down when they slide to the bottom, almost rolling forwards off of Maka and to his feet, up with kind of blade in hand and... Mr. Bang prepared, but not drawn yet because water exposure should be minimal. Uh, step one would be targets or threats. That's usually like the first thing. And then is there like what structure is he dealing with? And are there any windows or anywhere else where they could be attacked from? I think he's just coming down looking for the hostile intent or possibility. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so yeah, you come down, um, you you kind of squint against it. Uh, now that you can, uh, now that you're down, uh, can you roll me a perception, please? Yeah. It's a bit easier to see a bit closer up. Every, everything's dog shit if it's not the other. That's a five. five. I see wind. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So uh, you come down and um, you can see, yeah, there's uh, wind. You can see the blinking lights in the distance. It's still kind of hard to see. Um, and then suddenly a, a massive dark shape um, starts like rushing towards you uh, out of the darkness. This thing is probably about 10 feet tall. Uh, about six feet wide. Um, it's got kind of a vaguely uh, humanoid form, but is is clearly kind of massive and is is kind of um, like rapidly uh, approaching out of the darkness. Unfortunately, you can only see kind of the, the dark shape. Um, you can't really make it out. What do you do? Uh, I think he'd yell, Hail, friend or foe! Uh, you hear nothing. Well, that, uh, that is also an answer. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, are we surrounded by some of the tree trunks kind of thing, or are we in the open, Tom? So you've just come down off the ledge. Uh, so you slid mm-hmm. down the ledge. Um, down here, there's some debris from from things that have been kind of like wind buffeted around. So think of it almost more like driftwood than than trees, because uh, mm. you're just kind of lining the edge of a canyon now. So okay. a lot of stuff is blown up against this, um, but uh, there's not like a full tree you could like stand behind. You could get you know beneath a log or something though, because there's certainly enough stuff that's been knocked over. Uh, I. Duncan then would break left. He's not sure because Duncan's also aware that he doesn't speak a lot of languages and having somebody essentially yell like blah, 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 blah from the distance doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're a hostile or not. So he would break to the left away from Maka because will it follow him? Will it not? It'll put him in a better position if it's bad, but he doesn't want to start a war if he doesn't need to. Great. Uh, Maka, what are you doing? Do I clock this as well? Uh, yes, you do. Yeah. Okay. Uh I see Duncan move. Um, I'll uh, uh, remain where I am, but I will cast uh, Fairy Fire out in the direction Mm. of this creature to get a better sense of what it looks like because it will be coated in glowing spores and will give off dim light. Amazing. Um, all right, so the uh, the spores fly uh, out off of your body um, and uh, surround uh, the dark form. Um, and uh, as uh, Duncan saw, to some extent, it is uh, humanoid in shape to a point. Um, but from the waist down, um, it's actually very large and blocky. Um, and you, um, you quickly realize uh, that it's uh, not a creature at all, but some kind of statue that's been mounted on something. Um, you can make out wheels um, and uh, sort of a large form. Uh, you can see kind of like two big menacing arms um, and um, sort of an odd uh, an odd face wearing some kind of pointed hat. Um, the kind of like a hat that comes to uh, several points. Um, and this thing just seems to be rumbling towards you. But you can tell from here that it's not organic. Uh, like it's not a living creature. And the arms aren't moving, I should point out. Mm. Um... If that's clear to everyone, um, then Maka, I think, will hold. He'll raise his shield, um, but uh, uh, he'll he'll just hold there and wait for it to come closer. Cool. Duncan, what do you do? <clears throat> Duncan would look for a piece of driftwood or something that looks pretty solid mm-hmm. that he could essentially use to jam between the spokes in the wheels. And then I think he'd move on an intercept course to try to jam up its wheels and stop this statue from either hitting Mach or smashing into the wall. He wants to know what this is. Okay, cool. Um, for that, I think we're probably going to go with... I'm imagining he'd dash forwards and, yeah. and not throw it. He's not a spear No, guy, no, so no, no. be that that pass by thing. Yeah. Um, I think, um, athletics to catch up to it and then a Dex Dex to jam it in. Cool. Athletics. It's an eight for the athletics. So, eight? okay. Um, and a sleight of hand to jam it in sleight of hand. Yeah. Uh, could I add the plus three? I usually have with improvised weapons. Yeah, totally. If you're trying to hit it, um, it's glowing, so you have advantage to make an attack on it. Oh, nice. I'll give you advantage on this, and that makes sense. That is a 28 to hit. Okay. Um, So, um, Duncan, you you take off at a sprint, um, grabbing uh, like a piece of wood on on an intercept course. Um, This thing is moving quickly. Um, The closer you get, you can see it's got... um, uh, there's sort of the statue, and then um, it seems to be attached to kind of a long, um, probably about five, four or five foot tall, kind of like um, sort of rectangular box mm-hmm. um, with a, with like uh, uh, like six wheels on it. But you've got a, a big enough stick that if you jam it in the spokes, it'll still fuck it up. Um, unfortunately, uh, it's rolling with enough weight uh, that it, as you run up and jam it in, um, you uh, you get pulled along with it. Um, the force of it wrenches your shoulder in a way you weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to take uh, six points of damage um, from just kind of being jostled and dragged a bit. Yep. Um, but um, as soon as you do, it, it's like, I think the best way to think of this is less like a bike or if you just threw something in, the bike just fucks up. But in this case, because the stick is there, as every time this wheel turns, the stick is like, fucking up its motion um it starts rumbling and kind of like the you've jammed it up enough that uh it it starts um kind of growling to a halt 
um, Ida, you finally reached uh, the, uh, the the bottom <laughs> of the slope. Is there anything you would do as this thing kind of rolls slowly towards Maka? It doesn't necessarily look like a threat anymore. Worth noting, I'm just going to use Uncanny Dodge to cut that damage in half. Yep, that makes sense. Because I could definitely see the glowing foe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, I feel like it's the kind of thing where, like, the minute you feel that wrench, like, Duncan treats his body in such a way that I think you would immediately re- realize, like, oh, yeah, no, like, bad. Yeah, Let go. You're not going to be like, I bet I can take it. <laughs> and, like, have your shoulders ripped off. So is this thing, like about to hit Maka or something like I mean it's it's now slowing um the, the problem is you've been coming down a slope so I'm not yeah. going to give you the context for that okay that's fair um I think <laughs> you can roll if you want to roll a perception or an insight yeah I, I, I think I, can, I, would, I would like to do that okay mm, it's only an 11 um yeah, I mean, I think the strangeness of it prevents you from knowing one way or the other. Maka does yeah. not seem concerned. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think in that case, if Maka's not concerned, I'm just going to jog up beside Maka and kind of look up at it. Cool. And just say, like, and literally say, uh, why, um, why, why is, what is Duncan doing? He's trying to halt this thing. It is not a creature. It is a a construct. It is a vehicle, perhaps. This, oh, acting without information. Oh my God, I can't do the voice anymore. (laughs) I fucked. (laughs) Um, It's never stopped me before. Um, it's the wind. The wind is blowing her words so they sound different. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ida, I cannot guarantee that this thing will alter its course. Then perhaps we should move out of its way. Perhaps. Maka, like, tenses <laughs> up to, like, actually get ready to, like, take this thing on. Um, Sylvia appears between you, um, holding her, um, uh, electric guitar of science, uh, very much like, kind of like at waist level, like a, using the, the neck, like a cannon. Um, and she's kind of got, got, um, a, uh, a pick, which you can see is attached to kind of like, um, uh, a glowing cable that runs up her sleeve. Um, and, uh, she just yells like, and we'll assume all of you are kind of yelling over the wind, but we don't need to do the voices the whole time. She'll just say like, Hey, so are we blasting this thing or what? Let Duncan work, but keep clear. I will stay here to anchor it if I must. Um, and she nods and says, like your style, turtle man, um, and uh, steps back. Uh, let's see how much Duncan has slowed it. <laughs> uh, oh, quite effectively. Um, so, um, Maka, you're, you're staying there kind of bracing. Um, and sure enough, uh, it, it's that classic, like, roll to a stop. I think you still actually have to, like, <laughs> tense against it to, to fully stop its momentum. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it hits you like someone trying to tackle you, not, not like a train. by a truck, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, uh, it drags to a stop. Um, there's a, kind of a, a flash of lightning um, in the distance, um, but... Uh, Otherwise, it is. Uh, it has. It has come to a stop. Laura, do you want to share with the class? Um, sorry. <laughs> with the class. <laughs> I was. I was just thinking about the scene in Austin Powers with like the. I was the also roller. thinking of that when <laughs> when Maka was refusing to get out of the way. Yes. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so good. I, I'm glad you shared with the class because that's an excellent scene and always worth referencing. <laughs> Um, Duncan would approach quickly and just check the cart to make sure it isn't, oh, look, it's a statue, but it's lined with explosives or something along that kind of booby trap scale. Yeah. Can you give me a, um, I guess this would be perception. Sure. For like a quick, a quick rundown to make sure it's not. Why, why do I roll anything? It's either amazing or terrible. That's a six. (laughs) Six. Um, It looks like a, it looks like a cart. Uh, (laughs) It uh, it doesn't explode and kill you, so you did gain some information. But um, unfortunately, I think like 
the way you're approaching it doesn't lend itself to looking for traps because you're approaching it like it might be a bomb. So I think it is very much like, you know, slowly, carefully approaching it. Um, so uh, at a, a bit closer range, um, you can see that it's enclosed. So it's it's a cart with a lid at the very least. Uh, but beyond that, you got nothing. Well, so it's um it's got like a a vaguely humanoid torso and arms, but it has wheels underneath it. But it's a container of some kind. So if if we were to imagine, is this like a centaur of a cart? Wooden kind cart of, with a closed back. I'm just picturing front? the horse and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, know. it's it's in that ballpark. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I, we can just skip rolls on this. Uh, <laughs> upon further investigation, um, you actually do find a hatch um, at the mm-hmm. back. So think of it as like a and like opening it. Um, inside is a, a small enclosed. Um, there's two rows of benches. There's a very complex like seat with a bunch of like cranks um, and wheels and like um, there does seem to be uh, like uh, pedal mechanisms uh, at all along all mm. the benches. So it does seem like a, a transport vehicle of some sort. Um, you have no idea why there's a statue on top of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's basically like, you can think of it as almost like a, a, a centaur meets hmm. like small van. So statue is in, it's made of stone. Uh, no, it's, um, uh, no, uh, definitely not. Um, you would have felt that hit <laughs> quite a bit more. Um, it, uh, it, uh, lore is actually not that far off of the Monty Python piece. Um, as, as you investigated, like it does seem to be kind of like a wood structure. Um, the form itself seems to be, um, like a canvas material that's been stretched over it to make the shape. Um, which means it's lightweight enough that a bunch of people pedaling could actually move the fucking thing because otherwise it just wouldn't, wouldn't roll. Um, but this is definitely unfamiliar Designed to to all of you. You can investigate it certainly, um, but that'll take some some rules. Yeah, Sylvia, could your team figure out how to pilot this and perhaps drive us closer to our target without being exposed to the elements? She uh, she kind of like peeks in the back door and just like points at the pedals. She's like, "Oh yeah, I think if we if, if enough of us just pedal hard on those guys uh, and someone wants to grab that wheel, at the very least." I don't know. I, I think we can make that work. It's, it's uh, and, and like, there's just like a bit of classic scientist smarm as she like runs her hands back through her, her like rain soaked hair. She's like, it's a, it's a pretty basic piece of machinery, but uh, yeah, I think we can figure it out. Uh, and there's some like chuckles from the other stars team as, as they like, they swarm it. Like as soon as you've, you've given that word, like they're inside looking at things. There's just a lot of like, oh, come on. Um, they're like clearing stuff out of the way. They're like looking at at things. Um, can you all roll me an insight check, please? Eleven. Dirty he is 20. not very insightful today. That's all right. Nat one for a total of six, if it matters. <laughs> Does not. Um, all right, uh, Duncan, with your dirty twenty, um, you notice that the uh, the gnomes and goblins um, seem to fit this. Like as they're as they're like sitting there trying to get sorted, like the vehicle is again, it's got about a five foot clearance, um, but they definitely look like the right height uh, for this vehicle. So this is scaled for your people, which is interesting. We could probably squeeze in here. Uh, any thoughts from the two of you? Yeah, you guys can fit in. It'll be tight, tight for Maka, but also it's not at full capacity. There aren't enough of you to fully mm. fill it, so. It'll just be kind of like everybody get in and then plug the back with the turtle and off you go. <laughs> it it seems that perhaps this is a mode of transportation for people who live here or have lived here in the past would be my assumption. No? Perhaps to protect them from the elements. Then why was it empty and how did it move without a driver? They assume the wind was blowing it or they sent it out after us, but we'll be heading back in that direction, so hopefully we'll find an answer to both of your mysteries. Clearly, there's no objection to taking advantage of this mode of transportation. Mm, He looks at both of them. None. Assuming there is, the driver is not close by and we are abandoning them and taking, stealing their vehicle. 
Well, I think if you climb out of your vehicle and shove it towards a group of people in the distance, it sort of becomes their vehicle. This feels like a gift of the island. Yeah, and S- Sylvia just kind of turns around and says, uh, and she's examining the, she's clearly decided she's going to drive it because of course she is. Um, so from the driver's seat, she just turns back around and says, uh, besides, if anyone's out there, like our, our the Stars team sweeps will find them. Um, we're very good. So don't worry. Well, if there's a driver kicking around, We'll uh we'll find them and uh, I am gonna have some words with them about the positioning of this fucking seat and she's like trying to adjust the seat in a way that's like comfortable for her. Um, you you can tell that it it's like she has to like reach a little bit to like work the pedals and it's not it's not a perfect fit, though it is scaled to her size. Well, I mean, looking on the bright side, there's enough water around. We could kind of argue this is maritime law, which makes this salvage. So let's get underway. Uh, he'll just <laughs> climb in the back uh, and take one of the seats by there. I'm imagining with his height, with only a five-foot clearance, the pedals are not comfortable, and he is not terribly strong, Duncan. So he's not even going to try to pedal. He'll leave it to the gifted peddlers. Yeah. So I, I just thought of, like, I wonder if Duncan thinks, like, if it rains enough... <laughs> can just claim maritime law. <laughs> I think, no, he's just not interested in engaging with Ida in a long-form debate know, with the rights of ownership. Like, so. Anytime it rains, maritime law. Uh, take to the sea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, admittedly, uh, Sylvia would also just make a case for like, we collect samples. This is a sample. So this is not the property of Apex. There's lots of arguments for how mm. to steal this vehicle. Um, but she's happy to not have to make any of them out loud. So that's all fine. Um, all right. So, um, Ida, I think it's up to you to kind of wedge Maka in, or do you just hop in and let Maka wedge himself? himself? Yeah, Maka's going to wait if he's got to be the last one in. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to I, be. I'd, I'd hop in and then give him a hand. Okay, cool. So yeah. I won't make you roll anything because I think between your your strength and his uh, ability to just pop into his shell yeah. uh, adorably, um, <laughs> you'll manage to scoot in. The The peddlers get to work. Stabo is like clearly the, the best of the peddlers. Um, but uh, there are a couple of, of furtive glances at Ida and Maka uh, because like – this thing would be, it's understaffed. There's not enough people pedaling. And you two are very heavy compared to everything else in here. Um, but uh, you all spend an incredibly awkward moment as everyone is like mad pedaling as fast as they can. Sylvia's got her like big, it should be noted, Sylvia wears uh, like those big scientist, evil scientist gloves uh, nice. because I love those gloves. And anytime I give some of the big stupid cuffs. Um, they, they've got them. She took it off to guitar, but like she put them back on. So she's got like the big, like rubber glove hands wrapped around the wheel. Um, and is clearly in like a, let's fucking like burn rubber thing, but the vehicle just isn't moving. Um, and there's just an awkward moment of, you know, grunting and pedaling and her just like kind of looking over her shoulder angrily, like this should be a moment for science. Um, and, uh, eventually she starts like flicking switches and moving levers and none of them seem to actually make the vehicle move. Um, and she's getting increasingly frustrated, uh, doing that thing that I do when a switch doesn't work, where it's just like cranking it back and forth as if, if you did it slightly angrier, it would somehow make the vehicle move. And then finally, um, she like pulls, um, a, uh, the e-brake. Yeah, basically the e-brake. Yeah. She pulls like a little like triangular (laughs) thing on a stick out and suddenly it lurches forward. Um, and, uh, she just kind of leans back over her shoulder and says, just terrible, terrible design, terrible design. What, what even, you know what? Just ask them when we find them for science. Um, and, uh, you can see there's like a little viewport, um, with, a with a mesh over it. So there is still rain coming in, but, um, not so much that you, you couldn't drive. Uh, and collectively, uh, you begin to, uh, to move the, uh, the vehicle begins to kind of, uh, roll, um, I assume um, probably towards the lights uh, is where I imagine you'd go or back the way this thing rolled in. This thing rolled, if directly ahead of you is the lights, it kind of rolled in from the left. I, Duncan would be steering towards the building and I am like, that's, they've, they've got a target. This yeah. isn't just explore Tornado Canyon. That's a um, wise, wise decision. Uh, so I think he'd be up towards the front if there is a place to crouch next to where Sylvia is, just watching where they're going with Mr. Bang ready in case there's some kind of hostile appearance. But he'd sure. be suggesting they focus on target. That'd be where he'd want the group to go. Great. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, you begin to wheel forward. Um, the, the sort of massive shape cutting through the winds. Um, you can feel the entire, uh, particularly at the front, Duncan, you can feel the vehicle trembling as it's buffeted by winds. 
Um, I think uh, you would be able to determine that your initial uh, assessment that this thing was likely blown forward is is true. The thing's got a giant wooden canvas. It's not a sail, but like similar effect. Um, but the rest of the vehicle is pretty solid. Uh, it's wide enough and long enough that um, the front gets buffered a little bit because of the thing on top. But generally speaking, you're fine. Um, and slowly but surely, uh, you roll towards uh, the the building. Um, through the darkness, uh, you can see that it is um, um, sort of a uh, think like um, one of those Arctic domes that you see set up. Um, they're like the the hab. Domes like a that, biodome, yeah, like, like a like a biodome, but without clear, like it's not mm. you know see through, um, but um, with a sort of a massive metal um, superstructure around it, um, so it's not just like a flappy flappy thing. It's got proper sort of girdering and everything else, um, and uh, it seems to be uh, made of of uh, a solid material. So rather than uh, fabric or canvas, um, in modern terms, it'd be concrete. Um, it's not obviously concrete because there's no fantasy concrete, but it is, uh, it is clearly a stone type object um, that has been dropped down with a steel structure around it for reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see towers um, around it with, um, with uh, some of the lights. Also, as you move in, um, you can see uh, dark shapes uh, moving in the sky. And um, as uh, the vehicle rolls forward, um, you recognize windmills, uh, tall, tall, tall windmills, um, each with their own uh, sort of blinking light atop them, um, spinning furiously uh, against the night sky. Um, and there are a fuck ton of these things. Like they are, they are all over the place. Um, and uh, as you grow closer, uh, there's a brief uh, flash of lightning, and you can see several more large humanoid shapes uh, looming ahead of you in the darkness. Meanwhile, uh, back at Doc Malvern's clinic, um, Gwendolyn, you have uh, you finally decided that it's time to go talk to the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. After talking to Bleep, um, you determined that you need to be a little bit um, more gentle uh, with him around uh, issues yeah. of uh, of nationhood. Um, but um, nevertheless, uh, you think uh, that the time has come. Um, so, uh, what is, what is your approach? He's, um, you know, that he's working, uh, in his office, uh, which mm-hmm. is a little ways away, still in the tourism center, but like a little bit of a ways away from the, uh, the, the kind of like waterproof closet that, uh, bleep works in. What do you do? Um, uh, I'm going to approach this in like a, a kind of like a, Hey, what's going on? You're dealing with a lot. Want to talk about it, kind of way. Okay. Um, just to start off with. Okay. I think. Um, I think she'll just kind of like sit down on a chair, kind of like in. Sorry, what are uh, Doc Melbourne's pronouns? Uh, he, him. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, so she just kind of sits in his like peripheral vision, mm-hmm. just kind of like. Not disturbing him directly, but seeing if he'll notice. Um, cool. After um, he, he finishes um, uh, reading a page, uh, and then you see him um, reach for uh, a feather that's sitting in a um, in a little jar. Um, and he just takes it out and presses it between the pages, uh, closes the book, places it down, um, reaches for uh, a, um, a a sort of a steaming mug. Um, that uh, has kind of a, a, a vaguely um, uh, sort of licorice smell to it, um, uh, sort of uh, coming off it. And uh, he sort of turns and says, uh, ah, yes, princess, yes. Hmm. You have come to speak to this one. Is there some aid you as- you require? Do you need assistance of, of any sort? Hmm? Um, no, I mean, honestly, like, you've, you've given me, like, a lot of assistance and I'm very appreciative of all that. I, I was actually wondering if there's any assistance you could use because I I, I mean, uh, you know, after like spending a little bit of time here, I'm kind of getting the idea that like you, you're like wanting to like, I suppose impart your wisdom while you while you and she kind of hesitates while you still can 
Yes, yes. Dying, this one is. Yes, quite. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I didn't know how sensitive you were about it. Um, but um, and he kind of like clicks deep in his throat um, in a way that you, you've heard him do before that kind of seems to be his, his version of laughter. And he says, uh, a very kind approach to the subject. Yes, you have good tableside manner for a haunted suit of armor. Ha, ha. Well, well, th- thank you. Um, I-, I was just wondering if you might 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 want to impart some wisdom um and some of your knowledge but but you know beforehand that maybe like someone in a position such as myself could could do something with it um and um, uh, he'll he'll walk over like you'll you'll kind of like scooch he doesn't forget fully up scooches over um and with his kind of um like spindly hands he kind of takes your gauntlets in his and just kind of taps them gently and kind of like almost sweetly um, and says, this one fears you do not have healer's hands. It is difficult to be precise with gloves. It is why Nev is very bad at doctoring, but the intent is appreciated. It is nice that you want to heal people. Hmm? And he like tilts his head at 90 degrees. Well, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite pleased that you see it that way. I mean, really, I'm, I'm hoping to like heal a lot of people, but I, I mean, I don't want to make the same mistakes as were made in the past. And, and you seem to have some knowledge about, you know, a, a, a type of coalition that failed before. And I was just wondering if there's any wisdom you might be able to impart on me so that in the future people wouldn't have to have to suffer the same way. Uh, and he pulls his hands away and kind of like moves his chair back a bit. Uh, can you roll me a, this is probably persuasion. Persuasion. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> or investigation. I'd give you investigation if you'd prefer. Um, uh, hmm. investigation's better, but I think it is more of a persuasion. So 12. 12. Okay. Um, he, um, he looks at you and says, um, ah, clearer that is, yes, not medicine knowledge, but historical knowledge, knowledge of the past for your coalition of the good, the willing. What is uh, what is your alliance of equals? Hmm. 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 Yes. Different names, same ideas, always. Yes. Well, see, I'm glad you said that because this is the problem. In that, I mean, I've started this thing, but like learning now that there have been past like alliances or or coalitions that have failed. I mean, I want to make sure that the approach is even. I mean, if if I'm even going about things the proper way, I'd just like to learn because clearly you have a knowledge that I do not. And not, to be honest, I haven't encountered your way of thinking and your hesitancy and resistance to the idea. So I would just like, I would like to get an opposing view of the situation um, to perhaps get a more an informed way of going about either creating this alliance or perhaps uncreating it. Um, she, I don't think she's ever gonna do that, but it was more to get him to. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> talk uh, about it. Can you roll me a deception check, please? Yeah. Ugh. Oh, four. Okay. Um, he, uh, he nods, like he considers your words carefully and nods and he says, um, hmm. Yes. And un- understand your point. This one does. Um, and then he, uh, he gets up and he goes over to, um, he's got like almost like, like a, a big, beautiful wooden cabinet. That's obviously waterlogged because everything is, mm-hmm. um, and he opens it with very delicate, uh, little, um, knobs. 
Uh, and inside, it almost looks like a, a very fancy fantasy spice rack. There's just all sorts of little vials and bottles of various like dried herbs and and other things. And um, he uh, he just kind of runs one long finger along them, finds what he wants, um, comes over, sits down, and he just pops the the, the stopper off um, and pours it into his tea. Um, and uh, he takes a um, he takes sort of a considered look at you um, and says, uh, "This one." has imparted knowledge for some time, yes? Bleep knows all that this one has ever known and will know more than this one will ever know. Hmm? My work here has been complete for some time, but stay I have because I like the company. I like to, as you have said, help people, many people, as many people as this one can. Hmm? But this one is in great pain. Always great, great pain. Hmm? Agony. Mental, physical agony. Gwendolyn's hmm? um, kind of like backing up just a little bit like, oh shit, what have I done? Yeah. Um, and uh, he holds up the mug um, and he says, uh, in this mug is a mixture of remedies that help this one to feel okay enough to make it through the day, yes? What I have just added also makes it very deadly, very what? comforting, but very what? deadly. Hmm? What? And he holds up a finger what? and says, this one is in tremendous pain and has knowledge that would benefit you greatly. More things to share are being asked of this one. But frankly, all this one wants is the peace. And he points this skeletal finger down at the mug. says, in this mug. Tell me, leader, what should this one do? This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.